Brother Garrett, come. This pulpit's yours. Take your liberty. God bless you. We love you. Well, everybody said praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands, lift our voice. Let's tell God we're glad. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your beautiful spirit, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do in this house tonight. We credit you, God, with all the good things, and we love you very much. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. It feels good in the house tonight. I said it feels good in the house tonight. It feels good to be in the presence of the Lord. Be here at Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Remain standing. I like the way that Brother Tim Green leads the service. Amen. Just get with the program. And so I'm going to try to keep that pace and get you over to the fish fry just as quickly as we can. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I like him better already. Praise God. I want to give honor to Bishop and Sister Green. Tell them how much they mean to Rhonda and I and our family, our church family. He's one of our favorites. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I heard, I heard Murray Burr say it for years and years. He wasn't born in Texas, but he got there as soon as he could. I wasn't born a green, but I got here as soon as I could. Praise God. And, uh, we love brother and sister green. I cannot tell you the strength they have been. I said it yesterday. I say it again. Just being around brother green makes me better. And makes me want to be better. He has this little way of just kind of looking at you and with a question in his look and a little question in his tone. It makes you want to check and see if things are just okay. And uh, I very quickly run back through the things I've just said to see, oh, there it is. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll rephrase that. Makes us a better man. We love Brother and Sister Green. I enjoyed the ministry so much of Elder Booker. What a treat it was to hear such a beautiful message. Not a sermon, a message. Moved our hearts. And uh, I don't know if I was able to be the first in the altar, but I was sure trying. I was so moved by the presence of the Lord. And this morning, Brother Huntley... When I grow up, brother, and Sister Huntley sang that wonderful song, and I appreciated it so much and enjoy their ministry. And I hope it's not five years before I get to rub shoulders again. Amen. And to all of the ministry that's here, I admire you and love you so very much. And uh, I can't believe that God was so gracious to bring us all together in fellowship and in contact and get to know you and get to be in fellowship with you in this service tonight. Amen. It's so good to see Elder McLean, Sister McLean. We love them so very much. And uh, one of my heroes in the faith, the Green family. These men and Sister Chrissy are awesome. And uh, that's a much overused word, but it's the truth. I've never laughed so much and had so much fun in all of my life. It's when these folks get together and let you sit around and just listen. It is a blast. Well, all except the time Steve lived in Glendale. But that's another story 
for another day. And uh, amen. I thank the blood of Jesus Christ and the statutes of limitations have covered most of it. But anyhow, anyhow, what a treat to be with them. And Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Now, I can't say you're the best because I know where the best is. But I'm going to say this. you awful good. It is so good to be here with you. You folks do everything that you do first class. I can't believe it. Treat us like royalty, and we feel very, very special. I think I'll go home and change my name to Special Ed. I've been treated so well here, and uh, I really appreciate it. I'm glad my wife is here. The elder asked her to sing. And she has been a nervous wreck ever since. But I thought she did tremendous. And I love her singing. Amen. Praise God. I want to give honor to my pastor, Elder Morton. He's not here tonight. But I never want to miss an opportunity to say that I love the man of God in my life. And then I want to give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. That was an audible groan that you heard this morning when the text was introduced because that is exactly the text that I had in my mind and in my heart. And um, contrary to popular opinion that I should probably leave it alone, I am not going to leave it alone. I feel like the Holy Ghost has sent a word to this church. I feel like what happened here on Friday night, what happened here again this morning, is very much the mind of the Spirit. And uh, I want to somehow, if I can, add to just a little bit. I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 32. And we're going to read one verse of Scripture, verse number 34. And then I'm going to read just a portion of Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 8. Again, Elder, thank you for the confidence, the trust, the friendship. I love you very, very much. I pray. I was looking at you uh, across the platform, and I've noted this in my mind several times. I don't know what's happening, but you're looking younger. And uh, uh, I just wanted you to know that from my perspective, I hope another 45 years, that would certainly be a record. Praise God. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 34, is not this laid up in store with me and sealed among my treasures? Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? I know the setting of the scripture. I understand the context, but I want to take from the setting and I want to take from the context. I want to take this comment that is made by the Lord to Moses when he is talking about his memory and things that are in his mind is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures. And just a portion of the last uh, few, ver- uh, few words, Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 8. This is when the book has been taken. The four beasts, the four and twenty elders have fallen down before the Lamb. 
every one of them having harps, and then the Bible said in golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? I want us to pray. I've asked you to stand a little bit longer. I've done it on purpose. I want us to pray earnestly, sincerely, and fervently. I am not going to preach very long tonight. I promise you that I'm not. But I feel such a burden on my spirit. There's folks that have come to this service tonight. You have been asking God for direction and help, and you need it. And the Lord is here tonight to visit in this church. But the preacher is not qualified by himself to have a real visitation of the Holy Ghost without the participation of the congregation. There's an ebb and a flow that comes, an anointing from the Word, an anointing upon the man of God. I have prayed mightily this afternoon that God would put a special anointing upon our pastor so that it would spread through this building. Amen. What we heard this morning, we need to take it to our heart. And I want God to help us. Let's lift our voice and let's pray together. Heavenly Jesus, we are approaching you very carefully. We are coming with circumspectness in our spirit and our heart. We are well aware, God, of the office that we fill tonight. And yet, God, we are trusting in you that your word and that your spirit will come together. That the anointing that you placed upon this good man of God and in this congregation, it will begin to work in this house one more time. Let the blessedness of the Lord come and the Spirit of God give us great liberty. I thank you in advance for the miracles that you're going to do. I thank you in advance for the healings that are going to take place. I thank you in advance, oh God, for the souls you're going to save. Thank you for the great harvest that you're sending to this church. Thank you for the great revival, God, that you put in this heart, in the heart of this church. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands and shout unto him for a moment. Glory to God. Come on, as you clap, shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you may be seated. Thank you for being so patient in standing tonight. Because Elder Huntley has done such a magnificent job of explaining the parable of Luke 15 regarding a certain man. When I heard him read his text and when I heard him this morning emphasize the words a certain man, I, I did uh, say something out loud because that it has only been a few days ago that I was sitting in uh, the auditorium, I was by myself, as my want is at times when I have things on my mind. And I was visiting with the Lord, and uh, this text came to my mind. And when I began to look at it in the auditorium, those words, a certain man, uh, jumped out at me. 
And I began to read this with just a little bit more uh, interest and uh, a little bit more attempt to understand. The story, as we heard it very clearly uh, this morning, is about a certain man with two sons. I'm not going to re-preach Brother Huntley's message. Just let me use this as a launching pad. And when the younger son has gone, and when the younger son has fallen into want, and when the younger son comes to himself, verse 17, and in verse 18 when he says, I will arise and go to my father, verse 20 tells us that he did what he said he would do. He made the effort to come to his Father, And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, his father had compassion on him, his father ran to him, his father fell on his neck, and his father kissed him. It was very well uh, spoken this morning. But when I read this the other day and was thinking about these services and felt like that God had impressed this upon my spirit. The thing that I really want to draw from this story very briefly is the attitude of the father and perhaps what the father was doing while the son was on his journey. It was, it was already stated that it was the fatted calf. It was stated from the word of the Lord that he put sandals on his feet. I am convinced they were sandals tailor-made for the feet that were going to wear them. I am convinced that the signet that was given to him was given to him with the attempt and with the intent that there would be complete and full restoration back into the family. I am convinced that the robe that was brought and that was placed upon his shoulders called the royal robe, I'm convinced that that robe was being prepared for that young man along with the fatted cap. And so it lends itself at least in my mind to believe that this father was preparing and he was waiting And he was watching and he had it in his mind that this boy is going to come home. The Bible talks to us about about a man by the name of Abraham. This man, according to the word of the Lord, was called out of the land of his nativity. When he begins the journey, he takes with him his brother's son by the name of Lot. His brother has died. His father took Lot with him. And now his father, Abraham's father, has also passed. And so the Lot has fallen literally upon this man Abraham. We know the story of their traveling together. They go down into Egypt. And it's somewhere down in Egypt that I am convinced that Lot begins to look around. And Lot begins to see some things that he has never experienced before in Abraham's 
household. And so when they come back out of Egypt and they are blessed and they have gold and they have silver and they have cattle and they have flocks and the Bible tells us that they are increased, that there is strife that begins. And somehow in my mind, I am convinced that that strife is the product of the things that Lot saw and the things that his spirit desired. For the Bible tells us when he separated himself from Abraham that he looked toward the well-watered plains of Sodom and he went down there and the scripture tells us that it was like Egypt as you go through Zoar. And so something in the heart of this man, Lot, separated him from his uncle, from the blessings of God, from the anointing of the Lord that was upon Abraham. And now he is dwelling in a land of uh, that God was not pleased. And it was a land that was evil. And the scripture tells us that the Lord comes to see about Sodom. And he comes to take accounting of the sin that's in the city. And as he is making his way, the men of God, the angels of the Lord, stop by the household of Abraham. And then when they are on their journey, after having been fed and taken care of by Abraham, the Lord says, I will not hide what I'm going to do from Abraham. The 18th chapter of Genesis tells us about the prayer that Abraham begins to pray. It is a moving, a powerful prayer of pathos. It is a powerful, uh, anointed uh, wrestling match in the presence of the Lord. The Bible tells us here that that Abraham begins to count down from the 50. If there are 50 righteous, will you spare the city? And if there's not 50, how about 45 and 40 and 35 and 30 and uh, 25 and 20 and 15 and all the way down to the 10. And in Abraham's mind, surely with sons and sons-in-laws and Daughters and, and, and Lot and his wife. There's got to be ten in that city. And uh, the Bible said that the Lord leaves after communing with Abraham. And then in the very next chapter, we're introduced to the destruction of this place. And fire is going to fall. And brimstone is going to rain down. And it's going to be a bad day in the city of Sodom. But the scripture tells us in the 17th verse and the Lord, or the 19th chapter, pardon me, in the 29th verse, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot 
dwelt. Amen. God remembered a man that had stored something up. Amen. God remembered a man that needed somebody to get out of Sodom. God remembered somebody that had a burden and a prayer in their spirit. I've got to get that boy out of that trouble. And there's only one way I know to get that boy out of that trouble. It's going to take the hand of God to get him out of there. And so if nobody else can touch God, I'm going to touch God and that boy's coming out. And that family's going to get out of Sodom before the destruction comes. I feel the Holy Ghost on me tonight. Amen. And God delivered Lot out of Sodom. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. Praise God. The Bible talks to us about uh, an unjust judge. It's in Luke chapter 18. And the Scripture introduces us, the Lord, uh, giving a parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then He tells the story of a city and an unjust judge that did not fear God. He did not regard man. And there was also a widow in that city. And this widow had a need. And she came to him and said, Avenge me of mine adversary. But the scripture said he would not for a while. He would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, I don't fear God. And I don't regard men, but this woman is troubling me. This widow is coming, and she's going to keep coming back. And so the Bible tells us that he said, I will avenge her. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And the Lord said that I will I will, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. When I hear uh, this scripture text used, when I read it in the word of God, when I talk about it tonight, I can hear the voice of Brother Verbal Bean on those tapes talking about a layaway plan, talking about putting some things up, talking about some valuables that have been placed somewhere, and they've got to come off of the layaway plan. And so one payment after another is made, and until the date comes that there's been enough paid down and 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 you get the item that you've been paying on there's something that's been working over and over in my spirit there's something i'm telling you i'm a normal man and i've got natural inclinations and i've got feelings and and and, and when brother huntley preached my message this morning or his message i tell you i panic i'm too old to panic but but when he when he when he used it, I said, "Oh no, I must have missed it." But I came to the church. I spent 
time in the church. I spent time walking these aisles. I spent time over there in that prayer room. I spent time laying on the floor around this place. And I'm telling you, something got a hold of my spirit. I don't feel like we've missed it in this meeting. I don't feel like having this meeting has been a mistake. I don't feel like the elders brought men in. Amen. Just, just, to, just to have another celebration and, and eat some more fried fish. But we're looking at a church. We're looking at a good church. We're looking at good people that got a heritage behind them and a future in front of them. Amen. The devil can't do one thing about the heritage that's behind us. But if he can, he wants to do something to interrupt the promised future that is before us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been on my spirit and in my heart that we are living in the last of the last days. It's been in my heart that there's not a lot of time left. You may be seated. It's been in my spirit in the city that I'm a part of. Amen. That there's got to be a revival. There's got to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Everything that God touches grows. Everything that God blesses expands. Everything that God puts His hands on, it gets bigger and better. Hallelujah. God's got His hand on this church. God's got His hand on this church. God's got His hand on this church. And we're not going to let the devil mess it up. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hey, come on, let's worship the Lord a little bit around here. Have you got the Holy Ghost? Do you love God? Can you worship the Lord? Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. There's something about this truth that makes the devil mad. There's something about this Holy Ghost outpouring that stirs up every spirit you can think of. Amen. And in times like this, these are dangerous times not to have a visitation of the Holy Ghost. It's a dangerous time not to have a move of the Spirit every time we come to the house of God. It's a dangerous time to let altars go empty. Prayer rooms grow silent. It's a dangerous time to become polite and pathetic in our worship. It's a dangerous time to become bench warmers, pew sitters. It's a time for the church to rise up and say, we got something great. Let's hold it. Glory to God. I probably won't make a lot of sense out of all of this tonight, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Paul is writing to his son in the Gospel, Timothy. He said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, 
I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul said there's some things going on that I'm not enjoying very much. There are some winds that blow contrary. There are some times of, of settling. and There are some moments of, of disturbance. But bless your heart, Paul said, I may suffer these things, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm not confused. I'm not ashamed. I know where my hope is. I know in whom I have believed. Of all the days to be alive, I'm glad I'm alive right now. The only regret I have, I wish I was 20 years younger than I am right now. Amen. I'd like to have a revival. Because I promise you, the greatest revival that the apostolic church has ever seen in their life is right now, right now. It's unfolding right now, right now, right now. Come on church, you've got to get excited about it. You've got to say, I want that revival. If I was as young as Brother Jonathan Green, I don't know what I'd do. Well, I'd go buy some hair, but I don't know what I'd do. Praise God. I love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, oh, there's such a burden. There's such a desire. There's such a hunger. Amen. There's such a willingness in my spirit to have a revival, to have a move of God, to have miracles take place, to have the visitation of the Holy Ghost in every service, in every service we come to. It's not time to look around and say, what next? It's time to get on our face before God and say, use me, Holy Ghost. I want to be a part of your church. Use me, God. Use me, God. I want to be part. He said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul writing again to the church says these words, Hebrews 6 and 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister God is not unrighteous. If I understand the word righteous, it means doing the right thing because it is the right thing. Not because it's easy. You're righteous because you're doing right. Because it's right. You're just doing right. And the Bible said, God is not unrighteous. God's not going to do the wrong thing. God's not going to do the wrong thing. God's not going to do the wrong thing. God doesn't forget God's not going to mess His church up. God's not going to mess His kingdom up. God's not going to mess our families up. God's got this church on His mind. 
Come on, somebody needs to believe me. God's got you on His mind. God's got you in His heart. If I don't write it down, it's gone. What was your name? It's gone. It's that bad. Hey, my brother, good to see you again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My memory is gone. You may be seated. I blame it on a Lipitor mind, but I think it's just old age. I heard that if, as you grow older, the roots of your hair grow deeper. And if it finds gray matter... Your hair becomes that color. And if it finds nothing, it turns loose. That's what I heard. I'm not saying it's the truth. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But my God does not have a failing memory. Why am I on this? What's on me? Why is this in my spirit? There was a father that did not understand the calamities that were going on around him. I never heard it on that wise. That was powerful. Amen. Brother Kirk Green said, you better never go home and preach that, Brother Garrett. I said, I'm going to buy the CD. Hallelujah. I won't have to send him an offering and I get the same beautiful benefit. <laughs> Praise God. But God does not have a failing memory. God remembers. God remembers. God remembers. God remembers. Before Brother Ray Majors passed away, he took Brother Sam Ham, his successor, and he said, Brother Ham, go with me. And he drove him down the highway. They were headed, they were headed out of Melville. And it's not hard to leave Melville. If you've ever been to Melville, it's not hard to leave. If you just turn around twice, you've already left. It's that small. But he said, go with me, Brother Ham. And he drove him down the highway. And as they were driving down the highway along the levee of the river, he pulled over in front of a graveyard. And he pulled up. Into the graveyard. And he shut the car engine off. And he just sat there. And tears started rolling down his cheeks. And as he's looking at those tombstones that were arrayed before him. And he said to Brother Ham. Brother Ham, when Jesus comes, there's got to be a church above the ground. That matches that church that's already in the ground. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. In 45 years of pastoring. In 45 years of preaching the gospel. Man, I feel spirits bouncing around in here. Amen. Like ping pong balls in a tiled room. Hallelujah. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. But I know I'm right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 45 years, there's a lot of graves out there somewhere. Amen. And there's some precious saints of God that died in the faith. Died embracing everything this man of God taught. 
died living the life that they were given. When a man of God and his precious wife pass by and they're already in the grave and we are alive and we remain in this church. But I will tell you something else about those precious saints. That there's some prayers that they prayed in the altars in that old building. There's some prayers that they prayed in the prayer rooms in that next building. And some of them got to pray some prayers in this building. I want to tell you something. Those prayers are still living in the memory of the Lord God Almighty. Clap your hands and shout unto Him. You might as well settle back. Everything's going to be alright. You might as well settle in. Everything's going to be alright. I can't tell you how I feel in the Holy Ghost. But everything's going to be alright. healing in the house I feel victory in the house I feel the glory of God in this house Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to call her Brenda. I'm going to call her Brenda. We just had a funeral. We just buried Brenda. Put her in the grave. Her family was gracious enough to let us have the service. You can be seated or stand. It's your choice. Praise God. But Brenda was just a little girl. When somebody went next door and said, Brenda, would you go to Sunday school with us? And Brenda started going to Sunday school. When I met Brenda, she was she's just a few years younger than I am. So she had been going to church for over 20 years of her life. Going to church. If I were to tell you Brenda's story, if I were to tell you of the dark, dark nights... And the terrible, terrible atrocities. If I were to tell you of the day that in my study, all five of the sisters, from the eldest to the youngest, and when one of them confessed to the horrors that took place in her life, the eldest one screamed and fell in the floor and hollered and wailed because of the atrocities and said, I thought if I never complained, they would leave all of you alone.
It was a hell hole. It was worse than you can imagine. It was horrid beyond description. But somebody went and got a little girl and said, would you go to Sunday school? And so while all this is going on, and while she can never breathe a word of it, and while she can never tell anybody that it's happening for shame and for fear, she keeps coming to church. The family that invited her moved off. And so another family went to get her. And the Van Cleves brought her to church. And they brought her to church. And they brought her to church. For many years in my pastorate, she worked. Faithfully, she taught in our Christian school. She was a brilliant mind. Because of the horrors, she never married. She never had children. One day she made a mistake. It, it was, it was bad. It was embarrassing. And it embarrassed her so bad that she said, I, I can't continue teaching at the school. And I said, you're right. You can't teach. And, and I'm sorry, but this is too big a mistake. And, and it, you've broken too much trust here, but we love you. Give it some time. Let's go to heaven. But Brenda couldn't deal with the shame of it. And so Brenda drifted out. She drifted out. She drifted out. And she was gone. But one day Melanie said, Brother Garrett, did you know that Brenda is over in a rehab hospital? And she's not doing good. And I said, no, I didn't know that. I'll pray for her. The next day Melanie said again, Brother Garrett, Brenda is in the rehab hospital and she really needs our help. I said, I'll pray for her. And I felt a little something, so I went in the auditorium and I prayed. So help me, the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart. And so I got in my car and I drove over an hour to get there and I walked in. I walked up to the door where they told me that Brenda was staying and I knocked on the door and I heard a voice say, yes. And I said, Brenda, it's Brother Garrett. And I heard her go, she sobbed. And she said, just a minute, just a minute. Just give me a minute. I'm not dressed right. And she covered up. And then she said, come in. And when I came in, she was crying and praying and sobbing. And I said, Brenda, we're never going to talk about the mistake again. This is the final time. We're never going to talk about it after today. It's time to come home. It's time for you to come home. And she said, I want to come home. I really want to come home. And so it took her a year and a half of rehab. She couldn't get out. She couldn't get to church. But when she came, she's in a wheelchair. She's lost her vision now. And then she, she comes in that little buggy. She comes to church. She comes sporadically now and again. But she's coming more. She's coming more. And we're working on Brenda. And uh, then Brenda prayed through. And two Sunday nights ago. Oh, Brenda really talked in tongues. My son walked by and prayed with Brenda. She was talking in tongues. It was one of those services where you're climbing through people. Climbing over chairs. Laying hands on everything that you can lay your hands on. And I got back to Brenda sitting in her motorized chair. And I laid my hands on her. And she was talking in tongues. I saw her with the evangelist as we were driving out. Bye, Brenda. She said to the evangelist, I sure am glad that you came. That was Sunday. The revival was over. She came back Tuesday. I saw her on the sidewalk. Bye, Brenda. We'll see you next time. 
That was the last time I saw Brenda. Brenda died somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday alone in her home. It was just a short time that Brenda got back. It was just a little while. It was not very long. She didn't ever teach Sunday school again. She didn't ever get back in the classroom again. She didn't ever sing in the choir again. It was too short a time. Just a little bit of time. And then we had her funeral. And it was a wonderful, wonderful occasion. And the Spirit of God came. And conviction came. And her family was sobbing and crying and praying. And we're so grateful for it. But I was sitting in the auditorium thinking about this service. And Brenda came to my mind. And so help me, Elder. I got a revelation. I got a revelation. That for 50 years of Brenda's life, in spite of hell, in spite of trouble, in spite of shame, she was sending up something into the heavens. She was worshiping and honoring and praising and loving God. And just before God, who is out of time and can see the beginning and the end at the same time, that can be with us right now and still be walking dusty shores of yesterday at the same time, looked down at now and took a little look in the future and saw that Brenda didn't have very much time left. And somewhere, one of those angelic supreme beings that stand before the throne of God happened to get the right vial at the right time. And it was poured out before the Lord. And God said, Brenda, I'm bringing you back. I'm bringing you back. I've got you on my mind, Brenda. You're coming back and you're going to make it, Brenda. You're going to live for God. You're going to be saved, Brenda. And I preached her all the way to heaven, Brother Peter. All the way to heaven. I preached her all the way to heaven. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's some of you right now that there's confusion in your mind. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's confusion in your spirit and you don't know where the next step is going to take you. I've got a word from the Holy Ghost for you that there were some days as Brother Booker preached when you were in your right mind that you made some decisions and you made some promises and you offered up some prayers and there were some days when an angel tapped your bishop on the shoulder and said roll out of bed early and go down to that house and call their name before me. Amen. There's been days when this church has turned your plate over and said God give us that revival that you promised us and now you see winds blowing and you don't know what to do about the confusion and the calamity but I've come tonight with a very simple word that God's got it all stored up. the Holy Ghost. I feel the presence of God in this house. They can call it what they want to call it. 
But I'll tell you, I believe that God is looking. And somewhere in my spirit, I'm looking with Him. And I'm looking into the future. And I see every chair in this house with somebody sitting on it. I see every pew is crowded as the front pew. I see every chair in this house with somebody screaming. And somebody worshiping. And somebody praising God. I see wheelchairs being rolled up. And folks walking out. I see cancers being healed. I see the glory and the victory of the Holy Ghost. I see God working in this house. I don't know about you, but I feel victory. I don't know about you, but I feel revival. I wish somebody would scream out loud with me. I wish somebody would get beyond a little polite clap. I wish some faith would get loosed in this house. Come on, let's roar. Come on. Come on, let's pray out loud. Come on, let's pray out loud. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you big strong men need to square your shoulders. You need to get your deep voice roaring and saying, God, we're going to have a revival that you promised us in this house. I might be wrong, but I have quit praying prayers that have escape clauses in them. God, if you want to, would you please... Holy Ghost, if you would, I would appreciate it. I've quit praying prayers with escape clauses. Reasons for my doubt to be exercised. I've started praying prayers with the Word of God in mind. With the Spirit of God in mind. With stripes on His back on in my mind. I listened to a preacher preach just recently. And he was counting down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 
34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40 stripes on his back. I can't hardly take it. That's too long. That's too many. But every one of them were for healing. Every one of them were for healing. Not maybe if he wants to. Not maybe if you want him to. But every one of them were for healing. Every one of them were our miracle. Every one of them were for cancer. Every one of them were for Alzheimer's. Every one of them were for heart disease. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. And they weren't just little red stripes laid on his back, but it ripped his flesh until his rib cage was exposed, until his entrails are dragging out of his body. And they, some historians say it took him six hours hanging on the cross to die. Six hours in the most agonizing of pain that you can imagine. And you think, that we are going to play little escape player prayers. And we're just going to fool around in church when there's a great move and there's a great visitation and there's great power and there's great authority in the name and there's great victory in the blood. Ha, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's something happening in this house. There's something happening in this house. I'm going to make it real clear. If you'll ask Him to heal your body, it Faith believing when you pray, God will heal your body. Come on, I'm not playing tonight. I'm not playing tonight. You got a miracle you need God to work in your life. I'm telling you, God wants to work that miracle in your life. If you've got a need you want God to take care of, I promise you God wants to take care of it in this service tonight. Some of y'all don't hardly believe that. You've been living so long with the doubt, so long with the fear, so long with the confusion, but it's time to get rid of it. Hey man, there's some treasure stacked up. Is not this laid up, laid up in store with me? It's time to have some victory. It's time to have some victory. How about you in the back? How about it? It's time to have some victory. How about it? It's time to have some victory. Come on, musicians. It's time to have victory. It's time to have a move of the Holy Ghost. It's time for some miracles to take place. It's time for some folks to pray through the Holy Ghost. There's another Brenda in this house. Come on, church. Pray out loud. Hallelujah. 
I'm not going to be satisfied with a few folks moving to the front and a few folks clapping your hands. I'm not going to be satisfied. There is a visitation of the Holy Ghost in this house. We need God to talk to us. We need God to visit with us. Steve, come here. Hallelujah. I'm asking everybody to start making your way to the front of this building. I'm asking our guests to come. Come on, sir. I'm asking you to come. In the name of... Come on, you strong men. Come on, men. Lend yourself to this tonight. is here.
to stay. Turn your turn life around. Up on high ground. God can work a miracle for you. If you believe that that's what you do. and worship God loudly for a moment. Come on, let's worship God for what He's doing. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Let's praise God. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give Him some honor right now. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to relate this and I'm going to, we're going to sing it again and worship God. But this is fresh and this is new. This just happened. But in the church that I pastor, there is a lady. And that lady's had such severe accidents that she could, she's getting to the place she couldn't walk. And she couldn't use her hands. She said they're going to do surgery. And I said, I feel like you ought to wait. Let's believe God. She said, okay. A little something happened where she got a little cross with her husband. The authority in her life. And she called me said, what should I do? And I said, this is what you do. The Bible said unto him, shall her desire be. Just do what he asked you to do. It's not unreasonable. She said, okay, I'm going to do it. She came to church the very next service. And she said, pastor... I was getting ready for bed. And as I was hanging my clothes up, 
my back popped. I turned to say something to my husband and it popped again. When I laid my head on the pillow, it popped all the way down my back and God instantly healed me. I'm trying to tell somebody something right now. Let's get it right with God. And let's believe God. He's going to do a great work in this house. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I said He's going to do a great work in this house. Oh, don't you doubt, Brother Gary. I'll be getting on a plane and flying out of here tomorrow. Don't you doubt what I'm telling you. I'm going to hear about it. God's got His hand on this church. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Sing it again. Sing it again. Worship the Lord. If you believe, if you believe oh, God can work a miracle for you.